Live life at your pace. Click the banner or go to visitwilliamsburg.com to discover how. Because here in Williamsburg, life moves at one pace, yours. Visit a live archaeological dig site on the very grounds where America began. Or walk the fields where our country was won. Live like a colonial by day or track 18th century ghosts by night. For all the history to be found here, there's plenty more to make for yourself. It's all waiting for you in Williamsburg. Book your trip today and live life at your pace. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. How did we become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most, our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. And every day, your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com. Hi everyone, yours truly, Bill Alexander, here to welcome you to another edition of Online with Bill Alexander. However, tonight is a pre-recorded version of Online with Bill Alexander from February 3rd, 2020. As we go back into the archives and talk to Anna Vicino, actress, comedian, and cookbooker, here on this week's Best of Online with Bill Alexander. From coast to coast and around the world, you're going online with Bill Alexander. Online with Bill Alexander is a guest-driven program where the topics are diverse and entertaining. Laugh and learn while you listen to one of the best hours of online radio around. Online with Bill Alexander. Good day, everyone. Yours truly, William Eric Alexander. All my friends call me Bill, and you're online with Bill Alexander here on italknet.com. Hope everything's going well for you on this wonderful day in uh, southwestern Pennsylvania and also throughout the United States and the world, for that matter. I'm hoping everything's going well for you. On the phone line tonight, we have an actor, a comedian, a voiceover artist, a podcaster, and a cookbooker. A cookbooker? Is that really a word? I don't know. But anyhow, we have Anna Vocino on the phone line. Anna, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great, and I've decided it is a word. Okay. As long yeah. as you say it is and it's on the internet, it's officially a word. Yeah. I mean, listen, Howard Stern wasn't called the king of all media. He called himself the king of all media, and then media started calling him the king of all media. So we're going to say cookbooker. And just let it happen. Let it's, it ride. Sounds good to me. So, Great. Anna, as I, uh, I mentioned to you prior to the program tonight, that I did a cooking show years ago yes. locally with a chef. And we the name of the radio program was called Just Cook It Radio. And we would do, we would do um, meals from around the United States. He was a classically chain, uh, trained chef. And we would talk about uh, low fat. We would talk about... Instant easy meals you could buy off the uh, counter at or off the shelves at the grocery store. We did all that. But from what I can tell from you, you're a little bit more specific than what we were doing. You're actually doing it with a purpose behind yeah. it. Yes. And, you know, listen, I OK, so I've written two cookbooks now and I have been told multiple times from folks, especially with um visual impairment. They said, you should do an audiobook of a cookbook. And I thought to myself, that seems crazy because who would listen to an audio? But then I realized, okay, I mean, obviously people with visual impairment who like to cook for sure. But now that you tell me you did a radio cooking show, yes. I think there, I think there's gotta be a market for this. I will find you the links to the program so you can actually listen to it. Because, I would love to listen to it. Because we, uh, we had fun with it. And actually we did have cameras in the room too, just so the audience realized that we weren't nuts and we were actually making the food. <laughs> you because, were just like describing it. Right. We put like it on a the weird website. Food 
porn. Like, it's, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> never thought like, of it what? that. Never thought of it yeah, that well, way. But you're right. You're um, welcome. But uh, yeah, we would bring in hot plates, toaster ovens, whatever it yeah. would take to be able to do it. So it was quite interesting. So That's interesting. What okay, got so you? Yes, what got you into writing niche. the cookbooks? Yes. Well, back in 2012. Well, listen. Early, early on in 2002, I was diagnosed with celiac disease which is an autoimmune disease of the gut. And the, the only known, and I wouldn't even say it's a cure because you don't really ever cure autoimmune disease, but you just manage it. Okay. And the only known prescription, I guess, is to stop eating gluten. And back in 2002, when I was told to stop eating gluten, I was horrified. I didn't know what it was. And my, my mom was diagnosed first, and then she called me and said, you have to go get tested because it's hereditary. And I was like, I don't, I don't have that. And uh, turns out I did have that. Okay. And I uh, decided when you give up gluten, so gluten is one of the proteins that's present in wheat, barley, spelt, and rye. So you cannot have those foods anymore because it activates the immune system response in your body and you have to avoid it. So that's why you hear these people saying, I, go, I went gluten-free, yada, yada, yada. But I was one of the ones who, it was a medical necessity to go right. gluten-free. Um, I don't know how it is there in Western, Western Pennsylvania, but in L.A., they roll their eyes a lot of people who are like, I'm gluten free. And I'm like, no, no, no. Sometimes it's medically necessary. I well, promise. I, I think they do it here, too, because we don't really understand what it is. We know people that have it. But yet, like you said, you thought right. it was a life sentence that you had to deal with it. I can't imagine going out with like, certain things like bread. I mean, how do you how yeah. do, how do you get well, over that at first? Well, listen, there's what I call the temper tantrum phase Okay. where you freak out and you're like, I can't have all the things that I'm used to having and you freak out. And the way I handled it was, well, you know what? I'm going to figure out how to make all of the things that I love to eat, but I'm going to make them gluten free and I'm going to make them so good that if anybody came to my house and had some red velvet cake or had some lasagna okay. or had whatever it was, they wouldn't be able to tell. That was my goal. And so I started blogging these recipes and slowly over the years putting on weight. <laughs> and then I met my friend Vinny Tordrich and he said we started a podcast because he basically needed to do a podcast. And I came off of a show that was canceled that I believe we're going to talk about later. Yes. And so I was like, well, I have some free time. I'll do a podcast. I've produced other podcasts. And by the way, this is really early on back when I had to like write XML code to update a podcast. Like it's not oh, like now where you have a stuff. WordPress interface yeah. and like everything's handed to you on a silver platter. Um, and we started it, and he came up with something called NSNG, no sugars, no grains. And he's like, you could try this. And I was like, no, I think I'll just do Weight Watchers. Like, I'm fine. I'll just do right. Weight Watchers. He's like, okay, well, have fun with that. And I didn't have fun with that. And uh, so I started to do NSNG, and then I basically rewrote all of my recipes to be NSNG, no sugars, no grains, is basically a version of low carb. Okay. That's all. Yeah, so, easy so peasy. So basically what you're telling me is because the big craze back here on the East is keto. Yeah, it's that, very similar. Very yeah. similar to that because yeah. um, I've been through keto, got on yeah. it, lost all this weight, fell off mm -hmm. the wagon, gained all this sure. weight back, and now trying oh, to yeah, go back on it again. It's like a yo-yo right. effect. Um, yeah. my, my son who is um, in theater and who's also an actor, he's on it right now and he's able yeah. to keep it off because – as he says, Dad, I need to keep the weight off because if I don't, I don't get jobs. I'm going, okay, that makes sense. You have a motivating yeah. factor. Um, yep. But no one sees Motivation me, so it doesn't make a difference. Right. So, <laughs> what the yeah, heck? Trust me, I know. Listen, that's the great thing about doing voiceover. Same thing about doing radio. It's pretty good. It's pretty chill. And when I was working on camera and I was told, like, you know, you can't have gluten, you can't have bread, I was like, mm -hmm. well, that's fine. I'm an actress. I never eat bread. Right. And then not realizing how much gluten's in everything. Yeah. And, 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 and the ironic thing being, because a lot of people think they're going to go gluten-free and lose weight and that, that actually most of the time when you go gluten-free, you can gain weight because you, you're eating all these other processed foods to make up for the, having the gluten-free thing. And that's what happened to me. So I actually put on weight and it was very disappointing, but yes, keto. And I will tell you with keto, cause I'm, I'm in dietary ketosis most of the time, okay. probably 80% of the time. So I think that's a natural extension of just giving up processed foods. Mm -hmm. You kind of go into that. But 
that being said, I, I have it dialed in now where, like, for instance, yesterday, I don't know when this is going to air, but yesterday was the Super Bowl. Right. And I was able to go have a few things and not just, like, blow the bank out or, like, lose my, you know, lose my resolve because I'm so used to doing it. It feels like second nature. Right. Now, one thing I, I think is interesting is I'm looking at um, your, your cookbook, Eat Happy, uh, gluten-free, grain-free, low-carb recipes for a joyful life. Yes. And, and I and I go to the bottom of it, and you talk about um, non-sugar sweeteners. Now, yes. are you replacing sugar in everything or just in certain things? I have a very different philosophy than what is commonly known as dirty keto. Okay. I okay, so dirty keto is basically trying to replicate everything so that it tastes exactly like what you're eating in a standard American diet. Okay. So there's a lot of like pizza crust replacements, there's a lot of artificial sweeteners or sugar substitutes. I have a little bit of a different philosophy, which is more of a real food, whole foods, sorry, whole foods, real foods approach. And my dessert recipes, I think there's like in Eat Happy, there are 12 dessert recipes, eight of them have some form of sugar. And I say very clearly in the book, these are intended as a treat. But I personally cannot stand the taste of artificial sweeteners or sugar substitutes, which I guess stevia would fall under that. Erythritol, I don't like. Monk fruit sweetener, I think it's – to me, it tastes like sugar brewed through dirty socks. Yes. Like, I don't care. <laughs> I agree. So I would rather not have sugar at all and maybe have the occasional berry. Okay. Because they're – you know, nature's candy. I would rather have that and then when it's like – a special occasion, make a really nice treat. And what I've done with my dessert chapter is I have, for for example, the paleo pumpkin pie or the, the paleo lemon cake that are in there. I have made those recipes so many times with the least amount of sugar possible to make those recipes work. So you're at least having a lower sugar version. However, it flies in the face of keto and it flies in the face of diet mentality because most people need to have it be really binary. I can have this. I can't have that. Right. You now, know? now, the one thing, yeah. though, is is if you look at these, and it, it, it just amazes me that, I mean, especially with saccharin, with the one that you uh, give on here, that the trademark who it's registered to, mm-hmm. we know that large quantities of saccharin are not good for you. Okay. Right. Didn't we learn that in the 70s? We learned that in the 70s. There are a lot of rab, lab rats that went to their death early because of it. Rest their souls. But... Well, the other ones that we have right now, especially the aspartame and stuff like that, we don't know what that effect is going to be on our body yet. And I think the research we, we is still out there. We don't. And, and listen, I don't judge anybody for wanting to use those. If you want to do it, hey, have at it. You're an adult. Right. Here's the thing. Here's the thing that the diet industry won't tell you. You're an adult and you get to choose what you put in your body. Go for it. Right. So if you don't want to, if you want to use my my recipe as an idea or a thing to, and you are just like, I'm an aspartame gal, or I'm a stevia gal, or a Splenda gal, then have at it. Right. I don't care. I really don't. <laughs> but 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 like you know, it, for me personally, I think they taste terrible. And if something tastes terrible to me, it's it. like we weren't meant to be eating that. Right. Exactly. Um, the other thing is too is I've noticed in the uh, in the advertising industry that they're taking products that we wouldn't normally eat and they're re-advertising them as products that would fit into the maybe gluten-free or maybe in the keto. The one I love right now is the it makes me crazy. The yes. margarine commercial that is now saying that it's plant-based. Of course it, it's plant-based. It, it's corn oil. Bill, it makes me crazy. It makes me crazy. Okay, listen to this. So Oh my God! You just hit a nerve with me, Obvi. <laughs> I'm glad. Okay, so for example, so psyllium husk. We're all told we need more fiber in our diet, mm-hmm. right? So psyllium husk is something that's like in Metamucil or like whatever yes. fiber supplements, and you mix it in the thing and it coagulates, but you choke it down, and yes. you're like, oh, I have my fiber. And psyllium husk is something is a byproduct of processing wheat. Okay. Okay. Psyllium husk is something that contains the wheat and it's a byproduct. And then they have silos full of it. And they're like, what are we going to do with it? Oh, well, let's market it as something called Metamucil and tell the people they need fiber and make them have the, the fiber. And that, therefore, you have psyllium husk. And then you feel like you feel virtuous that you're having it, right? Okay. But you're having this, this byproduct that they're just trying to sell you. 
And it makes me insane because when I had my uh, time of like, okay, I'm doing the right thing. I'm having my fiber. And then I'm like, why does my stomach hurt? Why am I bloated? Why is this weird? This shouldn't be so weird. By the way, if if anything makes your body feel weird, you should not put it in your body. Exactly. Like, hello. So these pick these companies that are like making corn oil, soybean oil, canola, safflower, sunflower, all the all the inflammatory seed oils into like a butter product. What? It's garbage. It's garbage. There's one right now and I saw it. I saw the commercial for it and it says all plant based. And I'm looking at my wife going, of course it is. It's corn oil or canola oil. Right. And all they're doing Doesn't is remarking, but according, because it's plant-based, it right. must be good for you. But That's, you go that's back, a hot key phrase right now, just but, like gluten-free was hot five years ago. But if you look at margarine and look at, uh, you could tell how old I am by using the term oleo. It right. Was never, it was never. <laughs> parquet. In, yeah, parquet. Yeah. It, or imperial. But it was never right. made for human consumption. It was made to fatten yeah. up turkeys. Yeah. For Thanksgiving. And the best part is my yeah. wife did the research on this. It's like two molecules away from being plastic. It's not it's not good. And it's not good for you. It's not good. So when, when we figured this out, we've been eating butter in our house for the last ten years. That's all we have in here because we don't eat that um yeah. that processed stuff. And other people says, Well, it's high fat, da 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 da. Well, if you eat it in moderation, you're fine. You're not going to stick deep fry a, a real, stick of butter real and eat food. it. Real yeah. butter, real olive oil, real avocado oil, real coconut oil. Um, I know they have like uh, nut oils, but they're very expensive, like walnut oil and hazelnut oil. Right. A- any real oil that's not a seed oil, I'm not. I, I, I would stay away from canola. And by the way, every restaurant in America uses canola oil, so you're going to get that no matter what. You're right. going to get that in your. It's you cheap. cannot that's avoid why, that. Yeah. It's cheap. Yeah. And and most even Italian restaurants that say they have olive oil have oils cut with other oils because it's cheaper. Right. It's uh, real olive oil is very expensive. So, yeah, I agree with you. A little bit of butter. It literally never hurt anyone. Do you know where they get extra? But we were told it was. Do you know where they get extra virgin olive oil from? Yes. Ugly olives. Or is this a... <laughs> They're extra virgin. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, listen. You are a comedian. I had to make you laugh at least once tonight. I, I, I knew it was a setup for a joke, but I was literally about to be like, from the region of Puglia in Italy. No, is where it they wasn't. get mo- the majority of Italian olive oil. No. No, ugly olives. Ugly olives. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, but speaking of going back to your cook, cook, cookbooks now, everything in your cookbooks are you making from scratch or are there shortcuts? Yes. I mean, listen. Everything's from scratch for the most part. I, I'll, I'll give different recipes for different components. Of course, you, you're welcome to buy, you know, store bought chicken broth. But once you start cooking at home, you should be throwing all the bones of all the meat that you eat and all the leftover yeah. like onion ends into a bag into the freezer so that you can once a week throw them into like the slow cooker or the instant pot or the ninja foodie and make yourself make your own chicken broth. Not everybody has time to do that. I get it. But I feel like, remember remember in the 90s when people were like, I don't have time to exercise. And then they were like, you don't have time to not exercise. <laughs> I feel like cooking at home now is the new thing of like, I don't have time to cook at home. And now I'm like, you don't have time to not cook at home. Like, you need to. I want every American back in the kitchen. Well, what I think is interesting about that, and my, my wife and I both work. So we're not here during the week. We have three kids. Um, yeah, you're all, you're all busy. We're all busy. But on yeah. Sunday, we're home. That's when she does this. She does yeah. the broth. She makes, Me too. And she does the, she throws the pot in, the bones and everything. And then she'll make soup for the week. This week she made homemade yep. wedding soup, which was downright amazing. Um, so but being able to do that, we had meatloaf tonight too, which was wonderful. But again, Love everything it. is homemade. Everything You know where the ingredients come from. We know the butcher shop where the meat comes from. We know that. that. No, you have to do that now. You as much as you possibly can. And listen, I always say as much as you can, as much as is financially feasible and as much as is available to your area, because not every not every area has the grocery store with all the ingredients. That's okay. It's okay. But do what you can with what you got and it will make a difference. And the, and the thing that gets me is, is that you're right, and and you're looking at an obesity problem in this country because everybody is buying stuff that's either pre-made or pre-boxed, 
and they don't read the ingredients, or if they do read the ingredients, they don't understand what it is. They, unfortunately, we've been trained, and this is, a, again, and for me personally, growing up in the 80s and 90s, growing up and seeing, you were told to read the fat grams, and so you're told to read the nutritional label and not the actual ingredients. Right. And I would tell people, I don't even, I don't care about the nutritional label. I care about what the ingredients are. And I just had an experience the other night. Uh, I was over at a friend's house, and she said, oh, I used monk fruit sweetener in the dessert. And I was like, I tasted it, and I was like, I don't like monk fruit sweetener. I think it ta- has a weird aftertaste. This doesn't taste like that. Are you sure? And so I, she said, here, read the ingredients. So I read it, and I said, this is monk fruit sweetener with erythritol. And in fact, erythritol is the first ingredient, and I stay away from erythritol because it, it gives you stomach upset. Okay. And, and that's a common ingredient in a lot of these keto products is erythritol. Okay. It's, it can be, give you disaster pants. Be careful. So I was like, oh, it didn't taste like that. And you know, and she's like, no, 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 it's monk fruit and erythritol, but it has hardly any erythritol. And I was like, um, erythritol is the first ingredient. And I don't think people understand that when you see it first, that's the the, main ingredient. yeah, Yeah. That's the main ingredient. Exactly. Now, the other question I have for you is that, so you're doing this. Are you able to drink alcohol then? Or is that all few and far between? Yeah, I am. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, no, I, I listen. I like I like my alcohol. I try to stick to uh, distilled liquors, you know, uh, vodka, scotch, tequila, whiskey, rum. Those are the distilled liquors. Beer is one hundred percent out for me because I can't have gluten at all, and wheat is one of the main ingredients in beer. There are gluten free beers, but again, I'm not. I don't have a lot of carbs. If I'm going to have carbs, I'm going to save it for something real yummy, like a, a, a sweet treat. You know, that's just me. You can pick whatever you want. But uh, and and wine, oftentimes there's a lot of residual sugars in okay. wine. However, I I go to wine country a lot, so I, I'll save my carbs for the wine. Okay, because I was just curious about that because I know I drink um, distilled also because I drink I'm yeah. a very strong bourbon drinker. Um, and I was just, um, what bourbon do you like? What do I like? Yeah. They're not sponsoring the program, but I'll tell you anyhow. Okay. Um, (laughs) Thank you. And I've been just getting into bourbons and rye. So Um, I'm very excited to have this conversation. Jim Beam has always been my go-to. However, Jim Beam came out with a new one this past called past fall called a hundred proof. Okay. It is the, I'm, I'm literally writing this down. It is the smoothest bourbon I've ever drank. And you can literally just pour it into a glass and drink it straight without anything else in it. That's what I like. I've been trying it because I like the taste in all of them. I like I like the Irish whiskeys. I like the bourbons and I like the rye. Right. No, I got into Blanton's. I like Blanton's. Have uh, you had that one? I have not had that one before. But I'll have to look into it. There's and then red red breast Irish whiskey is my all time. I've had that one too. That is very good. Oh yeah, well that's it. That's you. you... That's like a special occasion. Well, you you're an actress. You have money. <laughs> that's what everybody thinks. They're, they're they're like, oh, you're on TV. You must be a multimillionaire. And I was like, okay, calm down. <laughs> so, well, that's the way it works, isn't it? Um, but I think that's funny. The other thing I'm drinking now too is seltzer waters. That's alcohol. Me too. But um, they're my new addiction. Which I was like the a... white, like the white claw type of thing. Yes. Yeah. Uh. Those are supposed to be low in carb. I'm very curious because the, the, the ingredients are very mysterious. So I don't know that I, I don't know that I trust what they're putting in there, but I got to say they're kind of tasty. Um, and I, I see now I think that's weird because I don't know what they're made out of, but they're made by a beer manufacturer. So what could possibly so go wrong? What could go wrong with it when you're drinking it? Right. Um, I was <laughs> at a, I, <laughs> being from Western Pennsylvania, I was at a Steelers game, um, Go Stillers. Oh, probably about uh, four months ago. And I was at the uh, one of the big VIP tents that uh, I was asked to uh, participate, and they had all this food. I mean, it was amazing. And they had an open bar, all you could drink. Mm-hmm. Well, I was with a group of people. 
I went for the White Claw, and they just looked at me and thought I was crazy because I'm a guy. I'm not supposed to drink White Claw. Oh, no. Pish posh. I think well, men definitely should drink White Claw. Well, uh, they told me. I know me, plenty of dudes who drink it. Well, you're on the West Coast. You're not in a steel oh, town like Pittsburgh. That's true. And they called me um, bu- bougie because bougie. I, yes, I was drinking bougie White Claw. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I like White Claw. But anyhow. But uh, just own it. I have. It's fine. Listen, you're a trendsetter. All of a sudden, it, my father, by the way, I married a man from Pittsburgh and my father-in-law, who was born and bred in Pittsburgh and McKees Rocks, said to me, uh, Pittsburgh, he's, he feels like he's always 10 years behind yes. on the trends. And so I'm telling you, in, in 2030, White Claw is going to be hitting the streets of Pittsburgh so hard. <laughs> and you're going to be like, I called this out called earlier. Well, so he's from McKees Rocks. Yeah. I have a lot of relatives in McKee's Rocks. They probably all know each other, right? They're all from the Rocks. Great Italian community. There you go. I mean, an odd. By the way, I did not take my husband's last name. My husband has another very vowel-filled Italian last name. Okay. Can I ask you? Okay. So this is really going local to Pittsburgh and McKee's Rocks. So if you can't eat bread, how do you have Mancini's? I don't have Mancini's. I'm not allowed. I'm cut off. Oh. That and is by, and killer. By the, way, by the way, I've been married 21 years on Wednesday. Congratulations. And I still, thank you. My my uh, father-in-law and mother-in-law are still like, do you want bread? Or like, they'll have a meal and it's, I'm not kidding. They'll do the breaded cutlets of chicken, right? Uh-huh. Fry up the breaded cutlets, the milanese, do the marinara, have mancinis, uh-huh. have mother of sorrows pizza, <laughs> have baked ziti, and then lasagna. And I'm like, how much bread do you guys <laughs> How much torture and then is that? And then they're always, their minds are blown that like, yeah. I don't eat any of it. I'll just have the salad and something else. And they're hand, like, what? How sausage and peppers. I can have the sausage, sausage and peppers. peppers That's okay. what I have. But how yeah. can you not eat hand-twist Mancini's bread? I mean, we, I tell you what, we, I'm ridiculed for it. We have so. lost the whole audience just on that one loaf of bread right how there. Do, what, come on, everybody here knows what Mancini's uh, bread is. By the way, you're like the only other human other than my, my in-laws. That I've ever spoken to who knows what Mancini's bread is. Oh, it's great. <laughs> White paper bag. I mean, it's perfect. Yeah, with the red. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> now I'm hungry. I'm literally texting my husband right now saying, we just talked about Mancini's bread. <laughs> He's going to love that. That um, No, but I do love it. And again, I have family from the Rocks and I actually grew up not far from there. Um, I grew up north of the city of Pittsburgh. Now I live south of the city of Pittsburgh. So nice. very, very familiar with that. So and I, I did mean to talk of the cookbook so long and about your knowledge, but this is really enjoyable. We could actually do our own cooking show just so you can bash know, people on right? what they eat. I mean, this is kind of fun. I feel like there's a theme here with people trying to teach you how to cook. Yeah. <laughs> and trust me, I will be honest with you. I don't know how to cook. I mean, that's why when Even I... Even after having a chef yeah, tell you how to cook. Yeah. Um, right. And he was... And again, he was an Italian chef too, which... It was the best kind. Of, oh yeah, it was fun. It was it was good. Um, the, one of the things I remember, and it's coming up in uh, Mardi Gras season here real soon, is the muffaletta that he made. Yeah, which yeah. was downright yeah. amazing. But again, mm-hmm. everything we cooked with had bread of some kind, because yeah. the sandwich is just so important in the American diet. How do you how do you go away from that if you have celiac disease? One time, my my husband and I were up visiting a little town of Ojai, which is like, it's kind of like a little hippy dippy town in California, about okay. an hour north of LA. And, and we were sitting there having a coffee. And these two, these two guys who looked very much like they could be from Pittsburgh. These, we overheard this conversation. These two, one guy telling another, like, he's, he's like, well, I'm trying not to have bread. Cause they just told me I have type two diabetes. So I have to cut down on my sugars and my bread, you know, which to me, I always perk up. Cause I'm like, I know I get it. Like mm-hmm. this is my entire audience or people who've had to cut this stuff out because of the type two diabetes diagnosis. And, and, and then the, the, he says, but he's like, I'm doing pretty good. And I kid you not. He said, I'm only having eight or nine sandwiches a day. Holy cow. <laughs> I know. I was like, what? That's like for a work shift. That's a sandwich an hour. Yeah. I was like, how are how are you having that many sandwiches? But it made me realize, I was like, yeah, we're real attached to our sandwiches. We love our sandwiches. Listen, I'm I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. 
You have to do a lettuce wrap. You have to okay. do, you know, you have to just have, the, I have three recipes in my new cookbook, Eat Happy 2, where it's just the innards of a Philly cheesesteak, the innards of a short rib grinder, the innards of a, a turkey Reuben, you know, it, and you just, you eat the, the innards are the good part. It's just wrapped in this nice bread. However, let's be honest, most of the time, are you really eating nice bread? That's true. Are too. you really? Or are you just doing like, oh, it's okay. It's like, save the really nice bread moments for when you're actually with some really nice bread, like it's some, some bakery made. <laughs> you have a date delicious, with a, a do, date with know, a loaf, or, yeah. Right, exactly. So, I, you know, I would venture to say, because here's the thing. I get kicked back on Twitter sometimes because when, when people, we're, we're so in the diet mentality, when people find keto or they find low carb or NSNG, whatever you want to call it, they find it. And then they see, you know, a recipe in my book for pureed something or other or something that has a sweet potato in it. And then they freak out because that sweet potato has carbs and da, 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 da. and I go, oh, was it the sweet potato that got us all in trouble? I don't think right. so. It wasn't that. It was some crappy store-bought product, you know, pre-prepared food, mass market, mass produced, filled with chemicals, filled mm -hmm. with preservatives. That's what got us all into trouble. And I know because that was me. Yeah. And, and, and again, I, I can say that that's me also because um, it's just easier that way and it's quicker um, to grab yeah. something off a shelf, prepare it, say that you made meals at home and eat it. But yet it still was made in a laboratory somewhere else. You're just. Yeah. You're just. And they add it, so much to it to rehydrating try to make it palatable. It. Yeah. Yeah. Which which is really which was really a shame because a lot of the stuff that people eat were created in a lab. They weren't yeah. grown. And that's one of the yeah. reasons why we have the obesity problem that we have today. Now, the yeah. other question I have for you, how do you eat out then? Well, I, listen, I, I can scan a menu within 30 seconds and dial it into exactly what I want to eat. I, I stick to meat and veg. Okay. And if, if something comes with, uh, you know, potato on the side, I just ask them kindly to either not bring it. And if they refuse that, I try my best not to snake a few fries you know <laughs> gotcha. I, I'm, I look i'm a normal human hey, like right. I, I if you put the fries in front of me i really want to eat them right. I, that doesn't go away well if if you were with my wife she would call them the deep fried sticks of death and then you wouldn't want to eat them so that does help yeah it helps that does a lot help. um but I'm not, yeah, yeah. just curious on how you would able to do that but i'm going to let you think about that a little bit longer and we're going to take a quick break here okay Okay. You're listening to Online with Bill Alexander with yours truly, Bill Alexander. Online with Bill Alexander is on WMCK.FM McKeesport, Mixtape Radio International at mtri.co.uk, 991radiorehoboth.com, awakens.eu, steelfm.org, and 107.5 FM, WLDJ, Newcastle. And we're back here online with yours truly, Bill Alexander, here on Online with Bill Alexander. Anna Vicino is on the phone line. Anna, so real quick question. During the break, I was looking at my seltzer that I was drinking, and it is yes. considered a malt beverage. So... I know, and I want to know what that is because if uh, usually malt beverages are made with barley malt, which right. has gluten in it, so I'm really, I'm really curious. Although White Claw says it's gluten free, I thought it said it right on the thing that it's okay. gluten free. I'm not drinking, but I don't know. White Claw. It's very confusing. I don't trust it, yet I want to drink it. <laughs> well, it's my new addiction, unfortunately. Um, well, I'm trying to get them to sponsor well, we're gonna, the show. We're going to have to send happen. Dr. Drew to your house. Oh, really? Oh, well, get, hey. to get you unaddicted. <laughs> Well, either that or, hey, or I'll drink the bourbon and just the bourbon hits me a little bit quicker. That's all. That's true. That, that would make for an interesting interview. I'm going to make you drink bourbon next time we chat. You know what? We'll do shots every 10 minutes. We'll have the, <laughs> okay, maybe just a sip every 10 minutes. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. That would I be fun. I, I know I would do it too. That's the thing. Like, well, we may, I don't shy away from I it. I will write that down. I don't down. shy away we need from to, a challenge, friend. We need to write that down. Um, so... From the cookbook to your acting and your stand-up career, you were on a TV yeah. program called yeah. Free Radio. It was on VH1, yeah. which is hilarious. And you were working with Lance Kroll. Now, is he yeah. as odd to work with as he appears to be? <laughs> 
Lance Crawl is one of my nearest and dearest, closest friends since we were both 20 years old, which was many, many years ago. Okay. Um, we started a theater together in 1994 called Whole World Theater in Atlanta, and it's still there, still cool. going strong. It's an Im- improv theater company, and um, we were one of the eight founding members, and I just... I adore him so much. And honestly, like you have you ever had that friend where like they're so they're just so much that like when he met his wife and and married Brittany, it was like, oh thank God. He like <laughs> he has she like took one for the team, basically. Cause like, <laughs> cause like he's just so like intense. You know what right. I mean? Like he's just that guy. But uh, I, I love him so much. And and we actually are working together right now. My husband and I now do a dual stand-up act about marriage because usually uh, comics aren't dumb enough to marry other comics, but we did, and we're like, you know what we could do? Make fun of ourselves on stage in front of an audience of people. Make them feel better about their long-term relationships. And so we're actually working with Lance yet again. We're uh, developing a uh, television, actually two different television shows, but that one in particular. Based on the, you know, we're we're kind of early empty nesters because we got together at a very young age, uh, went out and partied, got knocked up and then had a kid together and actually stayed together. Whereas a lot of our friends who got married around the same time are now all divorced. But the couple who, you know, were like the Rudy of marriages. Okay. Like, <laughs> we did it. And, uh, so we're actually still working with Lance. Uh, he lives back in Atlanta now and I just love that guy. Yeah. My wife and I just celebrated our 23rd wedding anniversary a month Congratulations. ago. So yeah, we got married. And you're still alive to tell And I'm still it. alive. To, and I have three kids too. Um, I, that's amazing. See, we stopped at one yeah. because she outnumbered us and I was like, what is this? Who, who does this? <laughs> well, we had three because we didn't want them to be alone and we knew that the first well, that's ones, the mature thing to do. Well, the first, you actually thought about your kids. Oh, wait. Instead of me going like, oh. Well, first one's a boy. Second one's a boy. Third one's a girl. They said, so why'd you have three? I said, because I knew if I had a girl, she'd take care of me when I got old. Because the true. two boys aren't going to do it. Um, no, but we're, we were late. We were late having children. We were also late. We got married in our early 30s. So our kids came along later. Uh. So... Uh, we both tried to have careers beforehand, and then I realized that uh, this this living it alone just wasn't working. So my wife no, and no, I, no, no, no. So you need a, you need a lady, yes, and you need some rugrats, yes. And trust me, there. But now they're at the age. My youngest one is now twelve years old. Yeah, that's twelve to eighteen are the perfect ages. When they get over eighteen, then you got a whole new set of problems to deal with. <laughs> College being one of them. But anyhow. Oh, I know. I'm paying tuition. So, I get it. So okay. in New York City, by the way, we're paying we're paying for another human to live in New York City who isn't us. Okay. <laughs> now, is she going into acting or comedy? No, thank God. Okay. No, 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 no. Even better, she wants to be a painter. So <laughs> everything's gonna be fine, you guys. Everything's gonna be fine. It's like that one commercial you see going, so you're going to be an artist. What are you going to do for real money? Um, Yeah. Is she good? She is good. Well, that's good. But she's also very smart, and she's been working since she got there at at making her own money. So I'm very proud of her. Yeah, yeah. She's... She knows. Okay. How old is she? She's she's seen us. She's 20. Okay, okay. My son's 19, so... And he'll be 20 in May. So... Gotcha. Um, so the whole idea of working, doing the uh, free radio program, when I watch mm-hmm. it, now working in radio for almost 20 years. Um, radio wa- guys loved that show. I'm you were wa- our best audience. I'm watching it going, there's no way this program is scripted. Do the guests know that this is basically <laughs> Lance is going off the deep end on everything? The one I loved, my favorite still is the, uh, the, oh, why can't I? It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yes. And Lance Love gets the cookies made and yes. then he realizes the yeah. that the tattoo on the woman's butt is not a woman's butt. Right. right. That is one of my favorite programs <laughs> because to me, it's quite delightful. unless it was written, there is no way it was written down because how can you play that dumb? And react that way, unless he is that good of an actor. Um, okay. Well, first of all, let me lay out the conceit of the show for folks who aren't familiar with the show. The show was basically, 
it looked like remember in the 90s and the 2000s when they filmed the Howard Stern show with like locked off cameras on the yes. e, and they would air it on the E network. It was kind of like that was the thinking behind it. So what if there was a fictional radio station which we called K-Bomb and if there was a fictional radio station but the celebrities came on and played themselves. So everything about the radio station was fictional, the behind the scenes all that stuff, but the celebrities came on, promoted real stuff, you know, they were themselves and and uh, hilarity ensues. So Lance was the moron in the morning and I was kind of the straight person, you know, the weather gal. And we were kind of thrown on the air when the shock jock defected to satellite radio. So that was like the setup of the thing. And what we would tell the celebrities is uh, when you come on to do the interview, you need to know that just treat it like it's probably the worst radio interview you've ever done (laughs) and just roll with it. And there were certain things. Okay, so we did have... But there was another writer. It was Lance and my husband. And then every now and then we had a couple of other writers. And they wrote the whole thing. So they wrote all both seasons. And then what would happen for the interviews, because sometimes we wouldn't know who's coming in. Like all of a sudden it's like, oh, we got Hank Azaria. And then they would frantically work all morning coming up with like interview points or like ways they could make fun of Hank Azaria or whatever it was. Or they would like Cheech and Chong came on and they were the only interviewers like I was like, I don't like them. I don't like Cheech and Chong. But it turns out both Lance and my husband, Lauren, told Cheech and Chong to be really hard on me and be mean to me. Ah. And I didn't know that. And because it was playing into what was going to happen in that episode. And I didn't know that. And the interviews were completely improvised, except for we knew we had to get in, get to certain story points. OK. But we would always find stuff. And. The always sunny moment was with those guys was it's amazing. And and no, Lance is a wonderful improviser. And we were both we worked together for so long. At that point, we'd known each other 15 years, you know, so we'd worked together so long we could handle any anybody coming and doing anything. And then we were relied on really fun people like John Stamos. We were like we knew we needed we had a whole thing that John Stamos is so hot. Right. Yeah. That And then we were like, we had this dog that Lance rescued and brought to the station. He was going to be the station dog. And the, even the dog thought John Stamos was hot, so he starts humping John Stamos's leg. <laughs> well, we didn't ask in advance if the dog could hump John Stamos's leg. We asked him two minutes before the cameras rolled, hey, is it cool if this, jo- this dog humps your leg? And he was luckily like, yeah, that's hilarious. Okay. Let's do it. And he did it. But like we would put people on the spot big time. And then it turns out that Lance stole the dog from a homeless person. So anyway, it was like, <laughs> yes, it was it was everything that you just said. It, it can, was improvised, it, and also some things were beaded out, but it was all very natural. And also, Lance edited the entire thing, so he was able to. Oh, take, really? Yeah, he's a genius. So it only ran two seasons. It only ran two seasons, and then it ran. It went over to Comedy Central and ran both seasons there, and it just. It was one of those things where I was like, I'm super proud of this show. I can't believe it didn't get its traction, but I do, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, because it didn't get traction. Because I'm surprised it didn't either. Now, in this day and age, because of the internet and everything else, do you think if you would do it as an online program that it would actually get traction? Because that's what it looks like. It's funny you should say that because a few years ago, probably several years ago at this point, Tony Hawk came back around because he was the only celebrity who was on both seasons. Yeah. And he he loved the show. And Tony Hawk came back and was like, I want this to be on a, as a YouTube channel. But I mean, you know, it's at a certain point, everybody kind of moves on with their lives right. and works on other projects. And it's but I would be happy to listen. All I have to do is sit behind a desk and react and kind of ask pointed questions. I have the easiest job in the world on that show. Right. You know? It's super fun for me because I'm not the one being an a-hole to people. <laughs> oh, my God. Corey Haim got so upset at Lance. Like, legit, like, in real life. He was probably the only celebrity who was, like, really upset. But I can't understand why you get upset when you knew what the program was when you went on. But I don't think they did. Oh, Nobody okay. watched it. Uh, no, I don't think I anybody gotcha. did. And you know who loved the show was Dr. Drew. Dr. Drew came on. He wasn't on the actual seasons, but he was on the promos because we were both on BH1 at the same time. And that's right. how I made friends with Dr. Drew. And, and Dr. Drew's like, this show is great. Because what Dr. Drew did was he walked into K-Rock, you know, back in the 80s and said, here's my medical license. I want to do a show about helping people with sexual advice and romantic and relationship advice. And that became Loveline. He literally just walked into K-Rock and said, I want to do the show. And they're like, okay. Uh-huh. 
and 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 so he loved our show because it was very like what radio used to be right. for him. And it, and it was it, it, it that is the way radio used to be, long long time ago. Um, yeah. So your voiceover work, what have you yes. done that we would recognize? Oh. Oh, goodness. Um, well, right now I am uh, for the past year or so, and hopefully it continues for a long time, but we know we don't know. I, I'm the promo voice of NBC. So that's a nice job. I do probably like four to six sessions a day for them. And I do all their promos for their comedy and their reality and SNL. And I feel really all. bad because I did not realize that was you until just oh. now. Oh, I'm that's li- okay. I'm How li- would you know that? But Nobody been, knows that. I've been talking to you for like advertise. I've been talking to you for forty minutes. You'd think I'd figure that out. No, you don't. It's it's a, it, you know, it's one of those things. I I you know, listen. I do video games. I do cartoons. I do commercials. I do. You know what I did this past weekend? I actually got to do an episode of SNL, and it was all very all of a sudden. My New York agent texted me frantically at seven p.m. my time, which is ten p.m. her time. Right. Saying like, can they need a fierce British accent for SNL? Can you do it? Are you in front of the mic? I was like, yeah, and I did it, and I sent it in, and then in a half an hour they called and we recorded it, and it went on the air an hour later. So that's, I always have my microphone with me. That's cool. And yeah, it's it's now, good. Voiceover's been very good to me. I spoke to a voiceover artist last week who is from the okay. UK that just moved to New York City. And I was talking to her about when you work on programs such as the, the, the animation that you've done in that, and you yeah. have to, and, and you're reading your lines. When you do that, are you working off anybody or are you just sitting in a room with a microphone in front of you? I have done shows like I have a recurring character on the, the animated show Ben 10 on Cartoon Network. Yes. And Ben 10 is always the whole cast in the room. Okay. So you'll, not the whole cast, but like you'll do your scenes with everybody and they kind of trade people out. Um, video games, never, you're never with anybody else. So sometimes somebody in the booth will read, read with you, but most of the times not, you just read your lines cold. Sometimes they read you in, uh, but for the most part, mm, I'm on a new show called Kipo that's coming out on Netflix, I think. Oh God. I hope I said the right network. I know it's a DreamWorks show. <laughs> okay. I hope I didn't misspeak that, but, um, that's, we'll edit that out. Don't worry. Okay, good. <laughs> say, oh my God. If you want to say just, say Amazon Prime and I'll put it together when we find out what it's on. It is on Hulu, on <laughs> Amazon Prime. It is on streaming services worldwide. It, <laughs> yeah. No, for the most part, you're not. But I do love it. Oh, I'm in a movie called Superman Red Sun that just came out. And that was done in like a group okay. scenario. And it's my favorite. I love when you can. It's like a, doing a radio program. You know what I mean? It's like doing a radio show when you get to have a room full of actors on the mic. It's right. the best. Because I know I know people like like the woman I spoke to last week, um, she made the comment that she's done it both ways. And for her, it's actually easier when she's in a room with people because then you're able to read um, reaction and you know that yeah, you're hitting electric. the lines right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Because I can't imagine, and I've done it, I sit in a room by myself on a regular basis, but at least I may not see the individual <laughs> But I can at least hear you and I can actually work off your inflection yeah. and I can go from there. So people that do podcasts, which to me is amazing, that actually sit in a room and talk to themselves for 45 minutes. I don't get it. I cannot I see how they do, do that. I could do a podcast by myself. Like I could only be a co-host. And by the way, Free Radio prepped me very much for doing Fitness Confidential with Vinny Tortorich because we call him the fitness idiot savant because he lo- <laughs> he knows everything about fitness and everything about music and like literally nothing else. Like he doesn't know. And so I'm like, oh, it's like doing free radio all over again. He's the moron in the morning, but he knows all about fitness. I was, nothing else. I was reading something last week. And of course I get all this email and sent to me that there is a, um, someone is teaching a course on how to do podcasting and they're doing interviews. And what they suggested, now this to me, I don't know how it's going to work. They want you to record all your questions up front, send them to the person you're interviewing, have them record their answers, and then send everything back so you can edit together. What? I'm going, Wait. how in the heck is that going to work? First of all, that sounds like a lot of work. It does. I mean, when you're used to just chatting with people on a mic, like if you, let's say Bill, you write to me and you're like, we're going to do it that way. I would be so annoyed. Oh, thank I would you. be annoyed with you. I would figure out a way to get out of it. 
Oh, and I would expect you to. Because honestly, <laughs> like, oh, I wouldn't do Bill, that. I have this thing. I can't. That's so weird because I would be overthinking my answers. I mm-hmm. like having an organic conversation with people. And 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 for me, because when when it again, it's recording in front of me, and I'm watching the wave file and everything else, is that if there's a mistake or something is missaid, we just move on. You don't go back and rethink it. And it is, like you said, an organic experience and it's natural. And I don't understand how people can overthink things like this. But that's why people love podcasts because they're, you're able to have a long conversation without a commercial interruption every two and a half minutes. Exactly. Like, why would you want to have a pre-recorded BS? Like, like curated conversation. That seems strange. Well, I'm looking forward to when we do shots together. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Oh, yeah, that's going to be fun. I think I think we need to schedule that. I really do. So I, I will do it. Uh, hey, I'm up for it. Just let me know when. Great. Put it in your calendar. You let me know. I'll work around your schedule. Okay, great. So the commercial work you've done. Um, yes. There is one that is on your website, which is anovacino.com. And oh, like on camera commercial. On camera commercial. Yeah. And you walk to your friend's house who you're picking up your kids. It's an anti gun mm-hmm. commercial. Oh, I know where this is going. Yes. <laughs> I saw the commercial and I've seen it before, which is funny. And I'm watching it going, who was the genius that came up with the idea of not playing with guns, but playing with sex toys in the on the front lawn? That was the funnest job. It was so bizarre. Okay, first of all, they flew in this director uh, who, like, has directed so many British sitcoms. Okay. Which is perfect because it has to be such a dry, subtle thing. Yes, I can see that. Yeah. So the conceit is I go to pick up my kid from another mom's house, and I'm like, oh, did they have a good time? She said, yep, they were little angels or whatever she Mm -hmm. says. And then they come outside, and they're dressed like knights. And they're sword fighting, but instead of swords, there are sex toys. And and one is vibrating, which is even making it well, better. And what was beautiful about that was they weren't supposed to do that. That accidentally happened during one of the takes. And that's why I cover my mouth because I almost start laughing. Because I was like, oh! it wasn't supposed to. One of them literally like, like cuts on. And it was pretty amazing. It was It was a beautiful moment. And so, you know, it's just our, you know, she's obviously horrified because, by the way, these sex toys aren't just like just run of the mill sex toys. They're like giant implementations. Like, oh, let's yes. Just oh, yes. And also, too. So these kids, they are kids. They're like seven, eight year old boys. So we had to just call them swords all day. Like, you don't want to, like, call them what they really were because it's a sensitive thing to be on set with kids. <laughs> Who were playing well, with sex toys. Okay, could they not tell by the shapes of what they were, what they were supposed to I be? I don't know. I'm sure they're old enough now because it's been a couple years to probably have figured it out. And it went so viral. And it still, by the way, yes. it still resurfaces. I get tagged about three or four times a year by strangers going, oh my God. And it makes another round. Because it's that, like, it was so well done. It was. The, it w- the guy who directed it did such a good job. And they also had a whole they had a whole table of sex toys because they had to figure out which ones are going to play on camera. So we had to do all these takes of like just for art direction to see. And so they settled on like the purple one and the other. You know what I mean? Now, now, did they all go back with the director when they done, or did they give them out free know. samples? No, I don't. I, that's that's the that's the art department. They they okay. handle all that. Yeah, uh, I hope they were. No, the director. I'm sure he went back to England and was like, I I had a very strange job. Yeah, I hope they were new. I really hope they weren't somebody from the art departments. Anyway, uh, <laughs> they were new. I think they were new. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other one I think is funny. It's also on your site. Uh, is the uh, FedEx commercial for the cozies? Yes. Um, yes. That, that was again. A fun spot. So, do you like? Because again, you're also been on Jimmy Kimmel on a regular basis. Yeah. Do you like doing um, on camera work? Would you rather do voiceovers, or would you rather just be writing well, cookbooks? <laughs> I like all of it. Okay. I. You know what I like. I like performing comedy because you can do whatever you want. I like voiceover because it's kind of short and sweet. Yes. And I I like the cookbooks are like this whole other side of myself that I didn't realize would unfold. Like I wouldn't have predicted that. The other stuff I would have said, yeah, 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 yeah. I really worked really hard towards those other things. Mm -hmm. But the cookbook was like, 
well, I've put in all this time podcasting about health and fitness, and I've rewritten all of my recipes. It would be stupid not to come out with a cookbook. And mm -hmm. then just the way my brain works, well, I've written 154 recipes. Why not write 164 more? <laughs> all right. And also I had to learn food photography because I found out it would cost $50,000 to pay a photographer to take the pictures. And I was like, I'm not doing that. Wait, wait. I'll, I'm gonna... So you're you're publishing your own books then? Yes. Amazing. Yes. Well, I work with a company called Telemachus Press, so they they do all the layout the way that I, okay. I you know, we we work. I can't like I do like Adobe InDesign or anything like that, right. but I I definitely took all the pictures and because and, and to me and yeah. I I've talked to authors from around the world and around the country that are self publishing the way you are and they're finding yeah. this success. Yeah. Twenty years ago, this was just a pipe dream that we would have never Unheard thought of. of that. Yeah. Yeah, you had to have access to the gatekeepers. Yeah. And by the way, the gatekeepers told me, who are you? We can't Listen, it's not that I didn't talk to people in publishing. I did. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I have an audience. First of all, I have an audience from being on television. And I also have an audience from doing this podcast. And I have plenty of people who are going to buy the book. And they're like, that's mm, not enough. It's not enough. At one, one lady told me, you should team up with a celebrity chef. And I was like, why would a celebrity chef team up with me like what what's in that for them yeah exactly you know what i mean but again no in sense. your own right you are a celebrity though i'm not though i i'm just i'm a regular gal listen i'm a mom i i i have the things that i like pursuing i'm i'm part of definitely like the actor working class like okay. yes you've seen a ton of things that i've yes. been in but it's never been something where it's like oh that's a game changer I got you know you. modern family level of thing you know i got you and I've been very lucky in my career because most people who moved out here at the same time as I did in 2001 don't even live here anymore and don't pursue it. So I've made a living in this business for sure. So, But I, I like the power of writing my own books and selling them to people. And, you know, the first book has over 1,100 five stars. The second book is almost 300 five stars. And it's like, and it just came out. I want to do good things for people. So would you recommend anybody doing what you did? By leaving, what do you mean? going, starting, going out to Hollywood, to Los Angeles to pursue a career in comedy and acting? Sure. Why not? Sure. I'm asking. <laughs> because I mean, listen, it, yeah, if you want to do it, but I will tell you, it takes a, a, a pernicious tenacity, like a, like, and I want to say rhino skin, but like nobody in this business has rhino skin. We're all oversensitive. We all get our feelings hurt. Right. But I mean, I, I've been fired from jobs more times than people have ever been hired. And by the way, that's another topic for another show. We can do that when we do shots. We Sounds can good to me. All the times. I'm happy to share it because you know what? Nobody talks about failure and I'm happy to talk about it because that's why people leave and they get discouraged right. and they, they move back home. And I think people because, need to hear because about they that. feel like they failed. And I'm like, no, you haven't. That's just part of you. You haven't been in this business until you've been a failure. Right. No, it, it, it sounds it sounds like you're very um, happy with what you're doing, which is fantastic. And I am. And if have you thought about pitching the cookbook to a cable channel like a Food Network or a cooking network to do something like that on a weekly basis? Yes. I will. And I, I, yes, yes, that's, that's, I will say sort of in the works. And yes, I'm very much into that. I, I do actually, I hire a, a DP to come to my house and I spend a lot of money on hair and makeup and lighting and all this stuff to do proper cooking videos. And they're okay. up at YouTube. And so I do that and it's expensive. So I don't do it that often, but, um, yes, I am very much interested in that. And I would love to do a cooking show because here's the other thing with cooking shows. They're so you know, edited yes. to make it look like they never spill anything yes. or they never like they, they cut the thing and it comes out perfectly. And that we don't realize that they have like four of those made by assistants who are expert food stylers. And then you feel bad that like your meatloaf didn't cut the way that their meatloaf cut, uh -huh. you know, and, and when I'm doing it and it's just me and then a camera guy, the makeup lady and an assistant, I'm lucky to be able to afford all those people. I'm like, oh, this is what cooking shows are really like. It tastes good, but it's not going to look like, you know, when Jada makes this like beautiful, everything's so gorgeous. <laughs> it's like flowers and like a filter and we're all in Malibu and everything. And nothing against that. It's great. I love Jada, but I'm just saying like, 
real life isn't like that. Right. Like I like real life cooking shows. I think it would be interesting to, to show the, 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 uh, the successes and the failures in the kitchen because we've all suffered them in some way, shape or form. And again, like you said, at least to know that maybe we did it wrong this time, it doesn't mean we won't, we'll do it wrong next time. And it it's gives always us a that work hope. in progress. Yeah. Well, I leave that in my cooking videos. Like for example, I the, a spinach and artichoke dip in the, in the second cookbook. And it's, it's pretty simple. You're just basically mixing up something. There's nothing cook. There's no cooking involved with it, but it's a mixing thing, but you're mixing up uh, cream cheese and sour cream. And when you mix cream cheese and sour cream, it makes an ungodly fart noise <laughs> as you're stirring it. And I was like, oh my God, this is a horrible noise. This is like that noise you would make like in school, like, yes. like when you put your hand under your armpit uh-huh. and like, and then I was like, leave it in, leave it in because that's real life. And it makes a crazy noise when you're stirring the stuff up. To me, that's hilarious, but I'm also maybe a seventh grade boy trapped in like a 45-year-old woman's body. I don't know. Well, what I think is interesting, Anna, as you hear the music coming up in the background, yeah. <laughs> I never thought we'd leave on fart noises. But yeah, Anna, let's do it. thank you very much. I really appreciate thank you too. taking time on the program. I'd love to have you back again and do shots with you. Absolutely. So you have a great night. We'll talk to you next time. And thank you for joining us online with Bill Alexander. This has been a Million Dollar Baby production. Ready to launch a new career or not sure what to do after graduation? Rumkey is hiring for CDL driving trainees. We pay you to get your CDL license while working for us. Driver trainees receive $18 an hour, great benefits, and Rumkey will pay your CDL costs. Once you're a CDL driver, you can earn $1,000 to $1,300 a week and more than $10,000 in bonuses possible in your first year. Apply today and launch a lucrative career at Rumkey. Apply now at RumkeyCareers.com. Equal opportunity employer. Restrictions apply. If you've been a renter, you know it's stressful to find the perfect place. But Zillow Rentals make it easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find a rental that's big enough for entertaining your friends, but small enough they won't crash all weekend. Find your sweet spot on ZillowRentals.com. Have you guys noticed that you can't go anywhere without seeing designer this or designer that, even designer furniture? On my social feeds and celebrity homes, it's everywhere. Have you seen how expensive these are? Well, if you want the sofa or recliner or bed that broke the internet, you don't have to go broke to get it. Because Designer Looks Furniture has all the same styles and trends, but without the designer prices. Oh, and they're well-made, too. It's the whole package. Check them out. Designer Looks at Value City Furniture or designerlooks.com.